Well, with tax season wrapping up, a lot of folks may have their personal finances on their minds. Well, what about the people who have retired or are thinking about retirement? It's a big step to take, especially if you've worked all your life. Well, to help us take a look at our retirement goals is Ashley Mishike. She is the CEO of True North Retirement Advisors in the greater Portland area and a valued member of Day Radio's Leadership Circle. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning, David. Thanks for having me. Well, always great to talk with you. Did you have a nice Easter? I did. It was a very joyful Easter. I even dressed my 18-month-old up as a, a bunny rabbit. So <laughs> That's wonderful. Did you get a little Easter egg hunting in? Oh, yes. That's always so fun to do, especially with the little ones. Yeah. Well, let's talk retirement. You know, for many folks, that sounds like a wonderful idea after working all their lives, but maybe for others, a little scary to think about. Will there be enough money for living expenses? Can I stay active? Do you kind of hear some of those joys and concerns when you talk to people about retirement? Oh, yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of anticipation and excitement to kind of move on to the next phase of life, but then also a lot of uh, unknowns and a lot of questions as well. Well, exactly so, and that's why we're talking to you about that. You can help us navigate some of those concerns and joys. So I guess let's look at it from this standpoint first. You're one year away from retirement. How should you start planning for retirement? What what should you prioritize when time is, you know, running? Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of things you can do when you have a long runway of maybe five years or more, but when you have, what do you do when you have a few months left? And so we have to understand that, you know, time goes really fast, so there's only a limited number of things that we can do if, if you have just a few more months or a year left until retirement. And I think a lot of it just comes down to better understanding what your spending is going to be in the early years of retirement. So a big one is calculating the cost of health care. Even if you retire at 65 or older when you're, when you're covered by Medicare, it's not free. You're still going to have out-of-pocket costs. And, and I find that a lot of people still don't really quite understand what that out-of-pocket cost is going to look like on a monthly or yearly basis. So just calculating the cost of health care and making sure that you incorporate that into your budget will help a lot. And then sort of a bigger picture would be calculating your total expenses. So understanding, you know, how much are you currently spending on just the necessities, gas, groceries, you know, mortgage payment or rent, and and just what are your spending needs on a monthly basis? And then you can back into, well, I know what my Social Security is going to be. I know what my portfolio could sustain as far as withdrawals or other income sources, maybe if you're lucky enough to have a pension. So the goal is to make sure that your expenses in retirement are going to be well covered by your various sources of income that you have. Do you have any ideas, or this may be very varied as you look at it, but as far as your health insurance or if you're you're using Medicare, what the general out-of-pocket expense is, or is it really, again, varied? It does vary quite a bit, but if you're um, if you're a married couple and you're both covered by Medicare, most of the time when I look at this with clients, I find that it's usually around maybe eight to twelve thousand a year is what we budget for uh, total healthcare expenses. So that's everything. That's you know uh, premiums and extra extras and things like that. So I would say about a thousand a month. Um, for most people, but it is based on um, 
other factors as well. So where you live. So in Oregon, uh, it's going to be different than someone who lives in a different state. And then your income also has an influence on what that total out-of-pocket expense is going to be. Right. Ashley Mishike, she is the CEO of True North Retirement Advisors and member of Day Radio's Leadership Circle. So do you ever talk to folks who have, they've gotten into retirement, they've been retired maybe four, five, six months, and it's all of a sudden they're like, oh boy, you know, this is a little bit more expensive than what I thought. I don't quite have the finances I thought I would have. Do you ever run into that? Thankfully, it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. And interestingly enough, I just read an article yesterday or the day before that said about 3% of the people who had previously retired in 2020, 2021 have actually returned to the workforce. So it's not a high percentage of people who go back to work, but it is a meaningful amount of people who, for a variety of reasons... And and now it was in the news because inflation is so high right now that that's pushing a lot of people back into uh, the workforce simply because just the basic everyday necessities that they need to buy are uh, quite a bit more expensive than they were just six or 12 months ago. Yeah, that's a great point. You never quite know what's going to happen there inflation-wise and how that is going to affect your pocketbook. So now one of the things that folks could look at, too, is I'm guessing maybe phasing into retirement, maybe kind of part-time retiring, if you will, or part-time working. Uh, Do you run across that? Yes, and actually it's amazing how much. So when I first started as a financial advisor about 15 years ago, I had most of my clients when they retired, they went from full-time working to full-time retired and there was a sort of a sever, you know, right. severance point. Well, now I have so many clients that um will continue working uh, part-time or maybe they'll they'll continue working for their previous employer, but they'll do so on a more limited part-time basis. Maybe they won't be an employee anymore. They'll be a contractor. I've had some clients who have decided they want to drive Uber. I've had clients who, um, you know, very part-time. I have a client who's a fitness instructor. So just a lot of variety of clients who have not necessarily um, because they have to work, but because they understand the benefits of continuing to stay active and to stay busy, and they like working. And the key is to just do so at a pace that makes sense for you and your lifestyle. And but but it's a great way to supplement your income, especially if it could uh, help you delay filing for Social Security or delay taking some of your portfolio withdrawals. You know, the longer you can delay some of those things, the the better off you're going to be in retirement. Well, I could really see that as far as not wanting to tap into your Social Security just yet. Obviously, the longer you wait, the better it is as, as you get older as far as what you'll collect from Social Security. So with that, what happens if you have folks who decide they're going to continue to work part-time, but then also decide to take Social Security? You're also, you could do that as well, I'm assuming. You could. There, you get into this uh, tricky area, though, because your Social Security becomes taxable based on what your other sources of income are, and the threshold for when it does become taxable is pretty low. Mm. So it's just important to understand how one decision about working might influence your Social Security, you know, the net check that you get after taxes on that. Right, and I I hear, too, where a lot of people, one of the things they can continue to do, if the employer will do this, is they can continue to get medical insurance through their employer, even working at part-time. Yes, that's like hitting the jackpot. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
And and the hard part about that is a lot of employers, especially these days, you know, you have to be working more than part-time at, you know, maybe 30, 35 hours a week to still qualify for, for medical benefits. But that's not always the case. Um, and so if you are blessed enough to be able to continue on your uh, health insurance through your work, even at working a reduced schedule, uh, yeah, that that is that is the best case scenario that one could hope for. And I, I know so many clients who they're in their early 60s, and the only reason that they're still working is because it's just way too expensive for them to go out and get private health insurance before they're covered by Medicare. So once you're 65 and you're covered by Medicare, the decision gets a little bit easier. Um, but if you want to retire prior to that or even kind of downshift your schedule and move to part-time, it's a lot harder to do that just because health insurance costs, like I said, it was maybe eight to twelve thousand a year for most people. It's right. like double that if you're trying to uh, plug that gap between when you retire and when you're covered with uh, by Medicare. Well, it sounds to me again the whole key here is some pre-planning with your budget and what you know you can do with your finances. Exactly. Ashley Mishake, CEO of True North Retirement Advisors and member of Day Radio's Leadership Circle. Ashley, great thoughts about retirement. Always great to talk with you. Thank you, David. Have a blessed day.